Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Thanks, John. I appreciate that. Very short scripture, very important scripture. Uh, I want to talk tonight about uh, you can't take it with you. How many people have heard that phrase before, you can't take it with you? How many people have heard that? Do we understand? How many people have not heard that? Most people have heard it or they're claiming ignorance because it looks bad when you haven't heard something you've got to put your hand up and all that sort of stuff you can't take it with you that's a reference of course to you know we live in this world and then when we die we can't take it with us so i i want to throw a cat amongst the pigeons i actually want to question that whole premise tonight you can't take it with you i'm not sure if that's true i want to ask the question or can you you can't take it with you Or can you? What in that statement, you can't take it with you? Do you know what? It all comes down to how you read that. It all comes down to how you look at the word it. What is the it? You can't take it with you. Heavenly Father, as we look at this very familiar saying in the light of your scriptures, we pray to you, God, that you would shine a light on our mind of understanding and that you would shine a light into our hearts And in Jesus' name, Lord, help us to think differently and be differently according to the truth of your holy word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just going to move my notes out of Jacinda's uh, communion. Reservoir. (laughs) Can you take it with you? Last week I mentioned this scripture here. Uh, Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil that they carry in, that they can carry in their hands. Now, when we look at that phrase there, it defines what we can't take with us. What is it that we can't take with us according to that? It says we can take nothing from the toil that they carry in their hands. So the things that we, we work at in this life, the material things that we can accumulate, the stuff of life, so the bits and pieces, the things that can be wrapped in brown paper, those kind of items, we can't take it with us. But Why does Jesus then tell us that we can store up treasure in heaven? If he says, okay, don't store up treasures in earth, that's not the emphasis that we should have in our life. How is it possible to live on earth in such a way that we take some sort of residue of the way that we've lived into the life hereafter? Jesus is very clear. He says this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Well, it makes perfect sense when we look at that because we can't take it with us. Where uh, And then he says, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. There's something that we can do here that makes an eternal difference. We store up treasures in heaven. Where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break and steal. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. 
So if the it is the accumulation of our possessions, no, we can't take that with us. But somehow we can live in such a way that it is noticed by God and it carries over into the world to come. It's possible to store up treasure in heaven. So I was thinking, what does that possibly mean? And I was thinking it might mean something like this. To store up treasure in heaven, we must use our God-given resources as he directs and we'll be rewarded by God in heaven. When I use that phrase, God-given resources, there are so many resources. What are some resources that God gives us? What are some some of the resources? Many, many resources that we have. We use all the resources that are given to us by God. What are some? Let's go to the, is it the intelligent or the, which side's going to be most intelligent? We're about to find out. Some God-given resources from the Brains Trust over here would be an example. Don't. What? Time? Very good. Was that a staff member? Minus one. Uh, okay, over, no, over here, what's another God-given resource that we can use that will make a difference from this world and the world to come? What's another resource? Kindness. From the pastor, minus two. <laughs> Correct, but minus two, because you've got more experience than anybody in the room. What do you think? Spiritual gifts. Excellent. Plus three. Uh, anything over for... Put your hand down, minus two. Uh, anybody over here, what's another resource that God gives us that we can use for his glory that will make a difference in our, 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 what we leave behind in eternity? What's another one? Brain trust over here. Talk to me. Love. Yes, we have the gift of love and great uh, great talk. Thanks very much, Jacinda. Wasn't that great? Love coming in and out. I'm going to be working on that in my own thinking space. Last time over here, someone. Yes. Blessings of circumstance. Yes, I'll have to think about that, but I'll uh, I'll meditate on that tonight. Our circumstances and the blessings of that. What's another one? One more. Hospitality. There's lots of resources. There's lots of resources and opportunity. You know, uh, some someone says, you know, it's our, it's our, it's everything that we've that everything that we've been given by God is a resource, even life. Everything that we have been given God by God is a resource. I want to talk about using some of our earthly resources in such a way that it makes a difference in the eyes of God, our earthly resources. And I want to talk about the resource of material possessions. Just going to be really narrow tonight and talk about the resource of our material possessions and what that looks like. Um, Here's some ways that we can use our material possessions in a way that pleases God and makes a difference uh, in our eternity in the way and where we, you know, how we're going to spend that with God. This is the way that God expects us to use these resources. This is what it means to store up treasure in heaven in the eyes of God. We need to be generous to the less fortunate. Remember, Jesus said, "Then the righteous, God's people, will say to Him, Lord." Uh, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? Uh, when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or in needing clothes and clothe you? And clothe you? Uh, when did we see you sick and in prison and go and visit you? Because they didn't do that to Jesus. And then the king being Jesus will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did, For one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. 
And I know Jesus is talking primarily about Christians, brothers and sisters of mine, so in the mind of Jesus he's talking about Christian ministry to each other. But the Bible is really clear that we it's, it's a broader application that, you know, we're to do good in the house of God and we're to do good to do good out of the house of God to the world around us. I'm absolutely touched and encouraged by the wonderful, uh, generous spirit of the Australian people in their heart for what's happening out there amongst the rural community. How many people are just thinking, go Australia, go you good thing. We're doing all these kind of things, whatever television station, whatever radio station you're on, people are trying to do things. This is a part of the Australian spirit that when, when the chips are down, we rise up. This is what we do and we just give and we give and we give and we give until circumstances change. That is a part of the DNA of the Australian psyche. And I'm so encouraged by that. Uh, the Churches of Christ have their own appeal. I want to encourage you to look at that if that's the way you want to do that. But we really need to be generous uh, to other people in this way. And when we do it because of our Christian convictions and all those kinds of things... Um, it's a great thing. We've been having a, a focus on open doors. Have you noticed that? It's been a wonderful focus. Thanks, Pastor Jess, for doing that for us. And, uh, you know, as a church, we, we have been blessed in the last couple of years. People have, have come into some, some significant finance and they have passed some of that blessing over into the church. And that's why we have the bank balance that we've had. We've never had a bank balance since I've been pastor, as large as it is now. So when the eldership discusses what we should do... Um, Everybody in the eldership rooms, we should got to give some of this away. So we have given for the, and going to give again $10,000 to open doors. Because there are brothers and sisters out there suffering. Shouldn't we give and bless our brothers and sisters in more difficult and persecuted? Yes, good decision. We didn't ask the church to vote on it. We just take a leadership initiative here and decide to bless people because we need to bless that because we understand that we, we've got to be doing this. We've got to be reaching out and blessing those people that are less fortunate. It's one of the things that we need to do. We've got to be generous to the less fortunate. And next week, I'm going to share with you an incredible, inspiring story of a very rich and spectacularly generous Australian. You will know his name because you'll hear his name in the media. You won't know why he gives what he gives to causes until next week. And that's what Jesus says. Jesus says, you know, we've got to be generous. There's no use storing up stuff. Uh, he gave a very short statement about a man that he'd been storing up all these things and he'd been building barns and, you know, is a great farmer and filling them up and building more and filling them up and... He just died just on the spot and he was incredibly rich and incredibly successful and incredibly well respected in his community. But God, but in the story, Jesus says, he died, just died like that. God said to him, you're a fool. For this night, your life will be demanded of you. Then what will you get from, from everything that you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Whatever you do in this life, no matter what material blessings you get, I hope you I hope you get blessed so that you can bless others. Don't be a rich fool. Be rich towards God. Focus on that. 
So we're to give to the needy, to the less fortunate, we're to honestly work honestly and provide for our families. This is a Christian principle. You know, we kind of think, oh, the Christian principles, it's all kind of on there. The Bible anchors down behaviour in solid terms so that we can know what it means to honour God with our material things. This is very practical stuff. We are to work honestly and provide for our families. It says here, anyone who who has been stealing must no longer steal. Put your hand up if that's you. No, that's just a trick question. If you do that, that'd be very bad. It's uh, <laughs> if you've been stealing, he says, no longer steal, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with with those in need. So it's, he's saying, if you've been stealing things, if you've been a light-fingered person, stop using your hands for the wrong things and start using your hands for the right thing. Get out there and do something in an honest day's work and with whatever you get, get it in. And the reaction, what we need, I've been blessed like that. I've got these things. I want to be able to share with those in need. So we need to work honestly. The second thing that the scripture says uh, comes from 1 Timothy 5 about honouring our families. It says this, whoever does not provide for their relatives and especially for those in their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So the Bible expects us to provide for our families so that we remain connected and we look after our own. It's a biblical principle. It's a part of what we are to do with the generous resources that God gives us. We are to work honestly and we are to look after our families. That's a Christian principle. That's what a part of living the faith out in the real world means. It's not up there and ethereal, it's hard reality and decisions and generosity. The scripture also talks about leaving a legacy. I've been reading through Proverbs, I'm now reading through Psalms as a part of my quiet time. And as I was reading through, I've read the book of Proverbs a number of times. I quite like the book of Proverbs and as I read through them. And when you read stuff in the Bible, the Bible's an amazing thing is that you think you're familiar, I've read this, I've read this, and you're reading along and then bang, something just jumps off the page. You think, I must have gone, I must have read this chapter several times in the past. But do you know what? The Holy Spirit grabs something and he just quickens it to you like that. And you go, whoa, okay, I haven't seen it that way. Something seems to jump out of the... When you're reading the scripture and something jumps off the page and quickens something to your spirit, that is a God word for you right now. Sit up and pay attention to when God does that. If you encounter the scripture and you go, oh, I've never seen it that way before, God wants your attention. I was reading the book of Proverbs and this particular uh, verse came up and I hadn't noticed it so much before. Maybe because I knew I was going to be eventually preaching on this some weeks later that as I was reading through Proverbs, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. And all the children in the building said, well, you've got to be enthusiastic. Ben's going to get an inheritance. All the children who want to receive an inheritance from their parents said, Jess is going to get an inheritance. All the children who want to receive an inheritance from their children, from their parents, say something loudly now. <laughs> people are qualifying it, people are embarrassed and all that kind of stuff. Very embarrassed. I don't really want to. However, I would gladly receive it if it came my way. I just don't want to be like that. I want to be that kind of a person, not that kind of a person. It's funny one day. Um, 
we've got uh, some investment property and uh, my daughter Eliza was doing, doing some maths one day and she said, are you both insured? Uh, yeah. She said, how much? So we told her. And she said, what's the, in, what's the investment property worth? So I told her. And you could see her mind going, plus, and then equals. And then she says, there's me, my sister and my brother, divide by three. Yes! You could, it was just like the wheels. As she wanted, you could see the inheritance is coming her way and she's working out what I'm worth dead. She probably wants my wife and I to die simultaneously in a tragic way and early where our, where our insurance policies are going to be big. It's amazing. You know, there she was doing that. Bless my daughter. I want to live a long life and I'm going to wear the t-shirt. I am spending my children's inheritance. There's not, there, I want to die with a dollar left just to keep the account open. I'm going to just go everywhere and spend everything. You know, that kind of an attitude. It's a great thing to bless, um, to be able to bless people. To leave an inheritance to make a difference. Good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Right down to the grandchildren. Spiritual legacy. Most important of all, we had a dedication this morning. The Pullingers, uh, Pastor Amy and Adam, uh, stood right here and they dedicated their little baby Fletcher to the Lord. Because they knew that no matter what they give Fletcher in his life, the most important thing that they can pass on to Fletcher is the Christian faith. Because that will make a difference forever. And of course, in the building was uh, Amy's grandfather and her parents and them and little Fletcher. Four generations of uh, Amy Pollinger's family were sitting in this building. And the most important thing is they grabbed the baton, they grabbed the little baton of faith and Kevin and Evelyn have passed it on to, to their children and their children have passed it on to Amy and Amy and Adam are passing it on to Fletcher because the most important thing you can pass on to anybody is the knowledge and the love of the Lord. It is the most important thing. And so there's this passing on of legacy. And of course, the scripture says, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things that your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. I charge you tonight, to, if you if you ever get married, married somebody who loves the Lord, and then make it your business to raise children in the faith. And then if God blesses you in time to come, as he's done with me with a grandchild or grandchildren, get in that space and bless them and teach them about the most precious thing in all eternity, and that is Jesus. And so deliberately go about that. I'm very... I'm. I'm first generation believer in my family. Um, I was the first person saved, but my wife, her mother is saved. Her grandmother is saved. Uh, there's our children and our grandchildren. There's about five generations of faith running through the veins of my wife's family. What a great heritage that is. Leaving a legacy that matters. Uh, sometimes people like to leave, you know, uh, a legacy that's going to make a spiritual difference, but it's a material legacy that they lived. I, I worked at a church called St. David's Forestville, and the lady who lived literally, literally like next door to the church, would come to the church. Uh, her husband passed away, and then eventually she passed away. And then in her will, she said words to this effect, uh, and she told us what the will was. 
before she passed away. She said, all my life I've worshipped at this church, which is next door to my home, and my husband has not come with me, and he has forbidden me, forbidden me to put any offertory into the church my whole life. I've not been allowed to give anything materially to the to the work of the kingdom. I've just not been allowed to. And she accepted that. But she said, upon my death, and she gave us a copy of her will, upon my death, the property next door to the church will be sold and I'm going to offer it for the sale to the church for about a quarter or a third of its value. And so the children got some inheritance. But she sold her house to the church next us as a church next door for less than $100,000 because that was a long time ago. And so we borrowed some money and did that. And she decided that this is, I'm going to leave a legacy. And of course now the, the fence came down and there's, this church has got a wonderful complex uh, that came as a direct result of her generosity because she wanted to leave a legacy that would make a mark in the, the kingdom of God. I was at a church and there was a wonderful old Dutch guy who was passing away and he was the just, he was a monstrous guy. He was a huge human being. His name was John Groenfeld. He's a big Dutch guy. Like John was like this and John was like this and he was massive and uh, he was dying in hospital and he just loved Jesus and he could hardly wait to be with Jesus. So he, he made sure they wrote in giant letters, do not resuscitate right across the back of his bed. So that if somebody thought that they should try to resuscitate him, he wasn't interested in being resuscitated. If he died, he just wanted to go straight to Jesus. And so uh, to give you, a, him and his brother were the same. They were just huge guys. And they said, my, you know, my brother and I are big guys. He said, once I went on an aeroplane and I sat on the seat and it just collapsed underneath me. The seat broke. I smashed the airline seat completely. And they came up to me and said, uh, are you going to pay for that seat? And he says, you mean, am I going to sue you for the seat that just broken under a passenger? And he said, my brother was so big. He said, his wedding ring, you could drop a 20 cent coin through his wedding ring and not make it tinkle. His wedding ring finger was bigger in circumference than a 20 cent coin. When John died, we had to have a conversation with the, with the funeral director because then they said, we're not sure if there's a crematorium that will actually fit John in. There's a really big one. We're in Victoria. There's a really big one over in Adelaide. We may need to ship John's body over to Adelaide. But eventually, they, John just made it into the, to the, to the width of the crematorium. John said, I'm going to be with Jesus. I don't care about material things. And I said, so he said, what I'm doing is I'm just letting the young people of the church, I'm just giving them the key to my house. Anything that they want, they can take. All the young families that are getting together, all the newlyweds, he said, I want them to go to my house while I'm alive. They can take out my lounge, they can take out my television, they can take out my stereo, they can take out my microwave, they can take anything in the life of the house. And the neighbours came up to John who was in hospital dying and they said, John, your house is being systematically robbed by young people. <laughs> he said, they're just walking out just like ants carrying leaves and pieces of food. They're just, your house is being completely stripped by people. He said, that's fantastic. And then he said some words that I have never, ever forgotten. I said, John, 
I had to try to work out, John, you'd lost your mind. And then he said, Pastor, because he was a Dutch guy, he said, Pastor, have you ever seen a hearse with a trailer? A hearse with a trailer. Have you ever seen a funeral car with a trailer carrying possessions? And he said, you've never seen a hearse with a trailer because you can't take it with you. And he said, I have the joy of blessing people and watching their faces when I bless them with everything that I own. I would rather give it away when I'm alive and see the wonderful things that I can do in a person's life. These beautiful young couples and young people in our church were massively blessed by John's generosity because he was never getting out of hospital because written on the back of John's bed was, do not resuscitate. He's going to die there. He's quite excited by that prospect. And he did. And he did go to heaven And, of course, this is the kind of thinking that we need to have. We've been given things to bless people. And I'll never forget John's Dutch words and his accent when he says, Pastor, have you ever seen a hearse with a trailer? Remember that one. It's a sobering thought. John was leaving a legacy. He was leaving a legacy for people. He understood that's what it meant to be a believer. He was not attached to the things. He knew Ecclesiastes, that the things, that the workers of his hands can't, can't take those with him. But what he took with him was the blessings that he put into people's lives. Jesus noticed that. And just lastly, we're to support the work of the gospel. This is what the Bible says. It talks about those people like myself and others who set their lives aside to work in Christian ministry. It says, in the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living by the gospel. In the same way the Lord has commanded those who preach the gospel to receive their uh, their living by the gospel. And so the staff in this place are paid by the offerings that you people put in. It's the only way we get paid, is that the offerings that you give. And so it's very important that you have worked out that space, that you've come before God and you've you've worked that out. Um, and so we're asking this church to step up, and I believe that it's going to happen, uh, step up and increase Jess's hours because we need this ministry covered. And so part of that means that we need to step up as a church and do that. And so I'm not ashamed of that, that you know that we get paid out of the offerings of this church. And if you look at the financial report, if you've been given a, a report that's come out, you'll see that the vast majority of the resources that flow through this church uh, are given to the ministry of those people who are paid to be ministers in this church. And I think this, this we're very blessed. We're incredibly blessed with the pastors that we've got. Hello? Isn't it fantastic? We're incredibly blessed. So part of our commitment is we support the work of the church in here. But you know what? We support Christian ministry outside of this place as well. And so we need to give uh, give generously to the work within the church and systematically to the work within the church. But we also give um, generously and to work outside of the church. So the work of the kingdom of God is not confined to 31 Bridge Street. It happens here, but it's not the only place. And I want to encourage us to be thinking both locally and globally in the way that we bless the gospel. The gospel's got to go out. People have got to be discipled. And those of us who set aside our lives to steer that work uh, are supported by that. So please, in your thinking and in your way that you... You build treasure in heaven, support the work of the gospel. So can you take it with you? Can you take it with you or not? 
Well, I think you can if we understand what the right it is. And I think the, the it that we should be talking about is to store up treasure in heaven. We must use all of God's resources, all the gifts that God has given us, to use them as God directs. And in that way, we will be storing up treasure in heaven. And that is better than being a rich fool. That's better than being a rich fool any day. Thanks, band.